Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Hello and welcome to the Wise Men Say preview show, looking ahead to the Bolton Wanderers game on Saturday. My name is Tom Walsh and we're in the Port Street Beer House in Manchester and I'm joined by Wise Men Say's three newest recruits. We've got Jim. Hi. Joe. Hello. And Matthew. All right. How is everyone? Very good, thank you. Thank you. Excellent stuff. Well, we'll get kick this off by looking back on the Rotherham game on Tuesday night. And before the game, uh, Jack Ross came out very bullish in his press conference um, of the suggestion that even though results were were good, there were suggestions that the performances were not good. And in true Sunderland fashion, after this bullish comments, we went out and won one the hell out of Rotherham. Um, and are we seeing? Joe Matthew sorry <laughs> are we say, seeing the same patterns from last season starting to repeat themselves uh, well it feels very familiar doesn't it um, not just the scoreline but racing into a, a relatively early lead but not being able to capitalise on the pressure that, we're, that we then have um, so it does feel very familiar um, so yes yeah, so we're sort of falling back on a similar patterns um, I think I don't know if you've heard Jack Ross's comments this morning but talking about expectations and the pressure and how he doesn't feel like we're under any more pressure than other teams and I really don't think that's true and I think I think it's reflected a lot in our performances and the fact that we can do so well for half an hour 35 minutes maybe even a whole half if we're lucky mm-hmm. um, and then I think the pressure does get to does get to the players because they know that the long and short of it is we need to get promoted this season uh, and I don't think a lot of other clubs are under that sort of pressure Yeah I think we're playing with um, sort of this constant weight and you can see it sort of in the, in the body language of the players on the pitch you can see it Ross's body language on the touchline as well sometimes things go well you know we put some good moves together we'll score some good goals and then other times we really do just look like we haven't really got an idea of what we're supposed to be doing so first of all we've got no problem with him coming out and defending himself because um, you'd expect a manager to do that you'd want a manager to do that really but it's got to be backed up on the pitch um, and as things stand it hasn't been enough and that's been borne out in the fact that A, the performances have sort of masked some sorry the results have massed some relatively average performances and then when you know things get really really tight we haven't delivered and if he's going to come out and 
it'd be bullish. The players have to back him up on the pitch, and the body language and the performances are suggesting to me that it's not quite happening right now. We got uh, told off during the week for being very negative on the, the other pods. Um, so, yeah, that's a good, a good start. But, as we said, we did have a, a very good opening 20 minutes and should have been, well, we're 1-0 up within 30 seconds, thanks to... Oh, could we just take a moment for Ali Mozturk's assist? Absolutely. I'm a huge Ozturk fan. He, uh, he, he proved his worth there yet again. Um, that pass was Steven Gerrard-esque. And I think... Um, Turkey are lucky to have a man like him to be honest with you <laughs> but like I said the the opening exchanges with that were perfectly fine and it's just taken one moment where we could have blitzed them like we did with against Barnsley last season and is it just when one chance goes awry are we seeing did did the lads collapse I mean I didn't see the game I've only seen we're too, we're too brittle uh, and it's not just Rotherham, it's happened repeatedly, even before us came in. I mean, it's, it's been something to be honest, it's happened with Sunderland, the time memorial, the fact that ultimately we don't deal well with adversity. If things don't go our way, something will happen, and it just seems to, in the stands, on the pitch, and everywhere else, everything just seems to go. And McGeady missing that penalty was the perfect example of that, because ultimately, before that happened, we were all over them. And it wasn't just the McNulty goal, we, we'd clearly identified that was a position to attack and we've done it time and time again and it was working and we look look good but all it took was that missed penalty and all of a sudden it was like it was like we were a different team and everything got sapped out of all the energy all the enthusiasm all the you know the technical ability on the ball even seemed to go you know McGeady was was up and down throughout the game anyway but it wasn't just him you know people were putting passes together perfectly fine before that happened afterwards it was like the, you know the they couldn't find a man five yards away and we were just dropping back and dropping back and it was inevitable the equaliser would come and that has to change because you can't go through a league season playing in a way whereby if one thing goes against you it's all gone because Barnsley Luton last season Ipswich this season have things go against them and they react to it and they come back stronger and we're just not doing that yeah, I would completely agree with that and if I was, I was also really quite surprised as well with how slow we started um, the second half, um, considering we we were so much on top in the first 30 minutes, and then obviously the penalty miss, which which changed the, the last 15 or so with uh, with Rotherham really coming back into the game. But I would have I would have thought in that break that that Ross would have maybe said something, and maybe he did. I don't know. Obviously, we don't know what goes on inside the dressing room, but. Certainly, the players didn't react to it. I'd have thought that we would have come out with a bit more of a fighting spirit um, in the second half, and it just seemed like it, not, nothing, had, nothing had changed. It seemed like there hadn't been a break from from the last 15 minutes, where Rotherham really piled on the pressure to then to then us um, in in the second half coming out and, and, al- and almost surrendering immediately to 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 them being in possession with the ball, them creating opportunities, and um, I, I know obviously McLaughlin made a, a couple of decent saves, but as uh, as as Jim alluded to, the goal was always coming. It was it was it, it was clear as day that it, that it was uh, that it was on the cards, and I think that Ross needs to address that. If if moving forward, I thought the substitutions were a bit. Odd. I know he started with the same team as uh, as he did at Burnley, um, which I wasn't necessarily uh, disappointed with because I thought we actually played quite well there. We had really good energy in the centre of the park. Because Dobbs, like from uh, from the Aquitan, from the Aquitan game, 
uh, Grant Ledbetter was he was getting a bit stodgy. I, was, cool. I, I was, was expect cool. I was expecting someone like Dobson or Power to come back in, and it was nice to see uh, Dobson be introduced. But you're saying that the the drive kind of came out once yeah. once with the penalty yeah. was missed. Yeah, I think once the penalty was missed as well, and also after he got booked, his he, he seemed to sort of go off the boil a little bit. I think McGeoch was carrying a little bit of a knock as well um, during the second half. Uh, I don't know. I know Ross has said that um, he's not willing to declare who who's who's a bit of a, a doubt for Saturday. But I have a I have a rough idea that uh, McGee could probably be probably one of those players because he seemed to be struggling a bit in the second half. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think I, it's just the penalty that changed changed it all. And as, as has already been said, that shouldn't be the case. We can't we can't go a game where one thing goes against us and we just collapse. Well. To the credit this season, we have gone behind in pretty much every game apart from that Rotherham game, um, and we've dealt with that and we've come back from it. But you're saying this is a mentality thing, but it's it's clearly not. Maybe it's just a maybe this is just one off. Or is it we seeping back into I this? I don't think it's a coincidence that the, the times when we play our best is when the pressure's off a little bit. Um, take the performance against Burnley, for example. Yeah, true. Um, it's very rare these days that we're the underdogs and we were in that game and we played with a bit more freedom and came out of it with a really good result and a decent performance. Go back to last season, I think the fans generally gave Jack Ross a bit of grace towards the start of the season. We went into a really good run. That's when we did see us putting teams to the sword a little bit more, playing well, scoring goals. Um, and I just think, I think it's while I agree with these two guys, I think it's always going to be a bit of a struggle because we've got League One players, and to try and find the sort of players who will not only just cope under that kind of weird expectation, but actually thrive under that, they're virtually impossible to come by at this level. Um, and I do think we've got one or two, but I think, like Jim says, it's it's so brittle and it's so fragile that it takes one catalyst and whether that's a penalty penalty missed uh, conceding a goal getting a man sent off and then it tends to all crumble and I think we're always going to be fighting against that a little bit Well let's talk about the elephant in the room that was that penalty Um, Gooch has scored every penalty he's taken for us McGeady is we've only missed two penalties since 2011 and both of them have been Aidan McGeady by the way that was my stat that Richard (laughs) robbed on uh, Tuesday just want to clear that up should we just have a designated penalty taker should I thought we did I thought it was Gooch yeah Uh, and and I've got a theory that McGeady might have pulled rank with him being captain Um, and and, and I do think that's a bit of an issue because I don't think while he's a great player and I, I would never not have him in the team I wouldn't have him as captain because I don't think he's got the right attributes I think he can be quite selfish and can be quite greedy and I reckon he probably just thought well I'm the captain I'm going to take this and to be fair it's not like Conor McLaughlin taking the ball (laughs) off coach and deciding where I'm going to rifle this in the top corner um, so yeah, but I think I think that might have been a result of McGeady's captaincy. Yeah, I don't necessarily disagree that, uh, that that we shouldn't have a designated penalty taker. But to play a little bit of devil's advocate, what if the the designated penalty taker? So say if Aidan McGeady was the designated penalty taker, or Lyndon Gooch was the designated penalty taker, and Gooch didn't fancy it, but you're forcing someone then to take a penalty who isn't necessarily up to the task mentally uh, or maybe physically, maybe he's carrying a bit of a knock. So at what point do you then say? 
no, I'm not going to take the penalty, or do you, do you then set in stone... Lyndon Gucci is our penalty taker no matter what well we've seen it actually it's been a big thing in the Premier League we've seen it with Man United and Pogba and Rashford like arguing well not specifically arguing they they had um, you know um, a conversation in Rashford was supposed to be the main penalty taker and he said oh I don't fancy this one um, and again funnily enough on during the Chelsea game Ross yeah. Barkley said he yeah. wanted to take the penalty William said otherwise and then goes and misses it is it just I don't know is it just one of these things that we just it needs to be their decision to make though I think like, if you're the designated penalty taker and I think it should be given the way that he is a very good penalty taker clearly he clearly is if he doesn't want to take it then he can de- delegate it to, to anybody else that's fine but if you're the designated taker you're going to take it or you give it to somebody else and it removes the doubt because we're not going to be if, if Gooch takes a penalty and he misses and he's the designated taker that he's missed the penalty but if somebody else takes it off him when he wants to take it and then misses it it creates the, it's another thing to talk about it's, a, it's the element of doubt that's brought in there and the cer- certainty needs to be there on the pitch and you need to know ultimately what everybody's doing and if there's a penalty it should be yes I'm going to take it or I don't fancy it McGee you take it but that's not that's not what happened there Go- Gooch w- would have happily taken that penalty and McGee took it off him and the issue is not so much that if he doesn't fancy it, he can give it to somebody else. But he didn't get the option to do it where he really should because he should. He is, I would say, our best penalty taker. Therefore, should be the designated penalty taker. And that, that's that's the way it needs to work. And the and the point is, it's not just it's not just a case of he smashed it over the bar or the keeper's made a fantastic save. He's Jeff Whitley did it, and yeah, and you never. Mickey Gray, Mickey Gray. Yeah. He, did what, he did what he did against Barnsley, but it didn't work effectively. Mm. He yes. did, and, and it is what McGinley does with his penalties. And some people do those. Up, some people don't. It can work. It can't work. But if it doesn't work, as was said the other day, it makes you look like an idiot. So. But are we getting to a point where are we in? Say McGeady scores that penalty, Charlie White scores his chance. I mean, um, that never happens. But <laughs> we win that game comfortably. Would people be happy? Or again, will we be still in this, you know, situation where yeah. it could be better? Or people, I think people. I don't. I don't think necessarily that. It's a negative that people want better. Um, I think people would probably be happier, obviously, if we won on uh, on Tuesday night. Um, but I don't think it, it's necessarily a negative to like the Accrington people. People are, are very annoyed by the fact that people are annoyed, <laughs> and I don't. I don't necessarily think that's a bad thing. Um, there, there's there's levels. Don't get me wrong. You should. I, I don't necessarily think Ross get, uh, deserves the the amount of abuse that he gets, or anything like that. But I can see why people are frustrated, and I think they've got every right to vent that frustration. I, 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 Ross Ross even admitted today that he's that, that the fans have got every right to to. Um, to, to be frustrated if, if his side don't perform well, or, or, if, or the words he used if they uh, if they get beat, which I think was a little bit of a dig at, uh, at some of the reaction to the to the three one win. But did you reckon I, he listened? <laughs> Maybe. Did, yeah. oh, I hope not. <laughs> You're now banned. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> do, do you think this is the thing with Jack Ross? Do you think he's in like, a really unique situation as a manager? There's n- I, I can't find a team in all the leagues that has this unique pressure on him. He's managing a team that's had a lot of change. I know we can't really hark on about that anymore because it's a different team. Yeah. But you have to win. You have to win well. Yeah. And if you draw or you lose, you, 
you're you being your job is being questioned. Yeah. I mean, this is, yeah, this is what I mean. Um, uh, I think I think some of the lads might have said it in the reaction podcast on Tuesday night. We are only a game away from 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 a crisis point, and sometimes you see it at half time. If you look at social media, if, particularly if we're losing, uh, or if, even if we're just not playing well. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, and this is what I mean. I think it is quite a unique case, um, and yeah, I think I think we're always going to struggle a little bit with that. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, "What the f- are you talking about? You insane Hollywood ass." So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. I feel like the pressure we're under, uh, the only other type of club that, that would have this type of pressure would, would be either somebody who'd been relegated out of the Football League to the conference, like Notts County or whoever, or somebody going for the top of the Premier League, whereby realistically, yeah, the mentality of the fan base is that we're better than, than everybody, uh, rightly or wrongly. It doesn't really matter whether that is right or wrong, because the mentality is always going to be there. So if you're Man City, Liverpool, or if you're like Notts County... It's, it's the difference in quality from what the fans are used to versus what they're seeing or the, the, the ultimate pressure of winning the biggest thing you can possibly win and that that carries with it pressure so he hasn't got an easy job and you know at the end of the day he is right to defend himself but the problem's going to be that he he might he might not be up to the task and whether he is or whether he isn't the fans' opinions matter because at the end of the day as soon as he starts to, you know, discounting that, then you know problems start. It, it, rightly or wrongly, that, that is what happens. So he has to deal with it. The the only the only comparison I can actually think of to, to Ross's situation, and before I say this, I'm by no means comparing the two, <laughs> is um, Mourinho at United, okay. where okay, they weren't they weren't winning the league and they weren't maybe performing as well as they had done in previous years but they weren't they weren't doing badly i mean they won what was it three trophies in yeah. one season no, yeah. Yeah, yeah. but yet but yet every week he was getting hounded yeah. by by the media, the by fans. his fans, by everyone like that, and, and like I said, I'm not Ways. comparing. I'm not comparing Jack Ross to Jose Mourinho. You hear it here first. <laughs> but yeah, that, that's that's the only kind of comparison that I can see. And obviously, we all know how that ended. And as much as I like Ross, I, I can't see it ending any other way than than with Champions the fans. League glory. <laughs> than with the fans or with the with the vocal set of fans essentially getting what they want. Do you think it's made worse by the fact that? We've fallen through the league so quickly. Yeah, 100%. The fan base yeah. haven't had a chance to adjust. Yeah. To it. it's not like we dropped down the championship. We're there for a few seasons. Got relegated again. Yeah. It, it, it's like yeah. within two seasons we've gone from a Premier League club to to this, yeah. uh, and it's it's a massive culture shock for everybody. I think 
like Adrian Clark was on Quest after the Peterborough game, where I think Sunderland Twitter just like went nuclear meltdown. Um, and he he said they've won uh, at the time it was five games in a row, and he said they're going to be okay. He still he said they'll still probably get promoted, and the fans just need to take a breath. And that's someone on the outside looking in. And do you think he's got a point? Yeah, 100%. 100%. I think that, especially being in his position, it's easier to say, but I don't necessarily think that our expectation level does help. In a, you know, it's, it's not going to go away, and I'm not saying people shouldn't have those opinions. That's fine, but that also doesn't make it a positive thing for the team, because he's right, we probably will still go. We'll certainly be there or thereabouts, uh, because ultimately we have the best if not one of the best squads in the league um, Jack Ross as a manager I think probably would get a job at any other club in this league bar potentially Ipswich um, money everything else takeover coming all stuff like that you know it's hard to take a breath especially when you like Matt was saying when, you, when you're used to, to having so much better but that doesn't mean that we shouldn't take a breath and we shouldn't maybe have a little bit of self-analysis to think actually is this the best course of action to take for us as a fan base to be so highly strong because it does get wearing when you're doing it we've all done it we all do it and it is stressful like you want to enjoy the football that you go and see even if it is in league one um, and we're all guilty of it but sometimes it is better to, to take a step back and think actually look at the table are we actually doing that badly or are we overreacting based on what we expect to, to, excuse me, expect to happen I think I, I think you're right um, but but with regards to the, the taking a breath do you think it might have something to do with the amount of games that we actually play so you don't actually get that chance to, to take a breath you don't, you, you're playing Saturday, Tuesday, Saturday, Tuesday you, we're, we're, in, we're, we're playing 46 games in the league we're in the Czech Trade Trophy which we got through at the final last year we're still in the League Cup you know, so it's a nightmare, isn't it? When do we get in the um, League One? The FL Trophy. Or we have to get <laughs> <laughs> so I, I just don't. I, I don't necessarily think that you actually get the chance to take a breath. I think you're right in what you say that we are really high strung, but I think it's just because it's so intense. Like being in this division is oh, yeah, so intense. I mean, I'm the same. I'm just saying. Yeah, that, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. As a collective, it's, yeah, it could be something that we should maybe look at and trying to just like. Just, just bring it back a bit, you know. <laughs> I mean, it's easy said than done because I'm going to be screaming with everybody else at Bolton. If we if, if we concede a Bolton, I'm going to be I'm going to be jumping on the pitch. On the pitch. Right? <laughs> but, you know, at the same time, we should all try. This this conversation <laughs> is proving something to me, and that's that <laughs> the League One is just a nightmare. Yeah, it's a nightmare yeah. that we just need to wake it's up not easy as quickly as possible. And I couldn't care less really about performances. And I don't, whether, I don't know, whether, I don't know whether, whether, whether we're going to get on to this about goal scored and all that kind of stuff. We just need to win the amount of points we need to get out of this league this 100, season. 100 points. That's a good well, yeah. yeah. And I that about, will get us out of the league. Though, talking about expectations, I mean, that just adds another layer onto that. What are already high expectations? We don't need it. We don't need it. We just need the points. Yeah. I don't care. I don't want to go through the playoffs, but I don't care if we finish second. Yeah. We just need to yeah, get out definitely. of this league, get into the championship, and try and figure things out from there. It's a very good point. It's like when we were in the the glory days of 15th in the Premier League. Yeah, exactly. I mean, <laughs> was that more enjoyable? I don't know. Maybe well, it was. Maybe. The thing is, you'd play a game, and then you'd get it out of your system, 
right on a Sunday the Monday and then you wouldn't have a game until Saturday Sunday Monday now it's like because I have to I write the the away guides for, and I've realised very good by the way <laughs> <laughs> rival site are very good and we're all friends here we're all friends <laughs> but I realised it's like oh we've got a game on Tuesday and then we've got another one on and Saturday and then we're playing Grimsby in the cup and it's like yeah. Yeah. It's just so break, many it's, it is bad for your, for your mental health at times I think. <laughs> and your wallet <laughs> and your wallet yeah. but it is, it is you're right though because obviously we, we played Accrington on Saturday we um, played Rotherham on Tuesday we're Bolton away on Saturday and I'm, if I'm right in thinking we've got Sheffield United yeah. away in the cup on Tuesday and then another Saturday game and then I think it's the AFL or whatever it's yeah. called the van rent basically got a midweek game every yeah. week till Christmas well, let's, uh, let's move on to that Bolton game obviously rising from the ashes Bolton Wanderers from playing children to playing Daryl Murphy and Liam Bridcutt um, everybody thinks we're going to lose this somehow <laughs> for some reason it's written in the it's, it is the Sunderland way but they have, they're on minus 10 after all their shenanigans in the summer they've scored one goal by a fellow called The Linden on loan from Stoke City that's pretty good to be fair and they've conceded 23 goals I mean there's a bit of an asterisk there because they did have to play their youth team and they got numerous spankings and then uh, another spanking but they drew nil-nil at home to Oxford United on Tuesday and what are we thinking I mean are we going to see an actual fullback since Joel Lynch and Lawrence Dubok could be fit? So, are we going to see an actual fullback playing in an actual fullback position? He said today they're not going to play a Bolton. Tremendous. Well, you know, why, why change the winning formula, right? But um, I think they, uh, I think they're going to be in the squad for uh, Sheffield United again. But they're not going to play. Bolton. So, what are we expecting from from Bolton? Is it? Do we have to smash them? Do we just squeak a one nil? We'll just win. For me. I, I, I don't. I don't think I agree. I think I know we all go on about statement results and things like that, and we haven't necessarily had one probably since the, the early part of last season. And I know that the Bolton were playing a very different to the Bolton that. Ipswich played earlier on in the season, for example. But I think it is a, it, it's, it's not even about a statement result to the rest of the league. I think it's a good opportunity for us to galvanise the fan base, the squad, g- give players like Will Grigg, of course he has to get mentioned. Yeah, he needs to start. Um, give, him, give him minutes on the pitch. Maybe look at a different option to, to Wyke. Although I know he, he, I know he has good things about him. Don't look at me like that. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I'm not a white defender. He does a job in certain games. I don't think Bolton is that game. I think you're looking at the players like McNulty, like Greg, like Maguire, like McGeady, who can create a spark, who can move the ball quickly along the floor. Because these players that they brought in are, are League One, well, either League One veterans or newbies or in, in a bit of the mix. And Still very experienced. Yes, side, exactly. Yeah. And, in, yeah, and you want to be quick and you want to play it along the floor because they, if if you and we did it on Tuesday night a lot, which was which was baffling to me because we'd played we'd had McNulty who had got in behind a couple of times and then we took him off and instead of bringing someone on like a Grig who is a similar kind of player who gets in behind we brought on Wyke who sits in front of the defence and brings the ball down and we were had we had backs to the wall. Um, Defensively, so he had no support. So anyway, I'm going. Yeah, but Wax funny apparently. I, uh, he's. I mean, I. I 
Just you wait when 4,000 Bol- uh, Sunderland fans are at Bolton singing that Si Senor yeah. chant as he headers the ball into nowhere. Yeah, it's well, funny, yeah. isn't it? It is weird. I, it I, is wonder, I wonder, though, in all seriousness, if. And I thought this at the time against Rotherham. Did did maybe? I mean, I'm not saying it was a good substitution. Obviously, it wasn't. But was part of it not on a defensive side for White to maybe win some heads? Not that he did that, but he <laughs> potentially could have. He could have done that. Adam Hyde, because they had some big lads. I don't know. Maybe they, they absolutely did. But the thing is, I mean, their their threats weren't coming from set pieces, which is where White, which is where White yeah, no, play, plays a factor. And I, I can understand that that you'd bring him on to maybe shore up the defence from set pieces, but they weren't threatening from. De- Set pieces. They were more threatening from the counter attack, which uh, obviously they, they eventually scored on. Um, and and I think that it's just it's just one of those situations that you see from um, from us. Maybe maybe once once too often we 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 refuse to make different substitutions. So we've got players on the bench who can offer something different than, than we've definitely seen this season, but we, for some reason, we just don't don't really use them. I think, um, joking aside, I think White is a decent player to have in the squad because he is a different option from McNulty and Grigg, who are who are a lot more similar. But I have heard that Keith Hill's trying to play out from the back at Bolton, so he wouldn't. You're right; he wouldn't be the right choice at all. I don't think for this game. That's, um, uh, that's perfect if you need to press and Harry really you don't McNulty yeah. Yeah, yeah I think McNulty or Grigg uh, both Maguire yeah the, those kind of players would be better than would be better than Wyke and, and, and far more suitable to the game in terms of a statement result and things like that I think the goal difference thing that's been talked about a bit is a, is a fallacy um, because if you actually look into it goal difference is rarely crucial when it comes down to the end of the season I think Actually, ironically, I think Bolton are actually one of the few teams who've been affected by it on the final day of the season. I think they were relegated on goal difference from the Premier League. Um, and I think a couple of decades... Oh, hang on, it was, um, of course, the famous Aguero goal for, um, yeah. for City in 2011-2012. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And last year, was it? Oh, no, it was a point. Sorry. Yeah, it was a point. A point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, sometimes it comes down to a point, but I, I, don't think it's, I don't think it's that important. Don't get me wrong, I'd love us to smash them. Five, five, <laughs> or, six, five or six nil, and, and I mean... Rotherham managed it. They beat them, beat them six-one, yeah. even with Daryl Murphy in, in the Bolton team. So, who? Um, what do you expect the starting lineup to look like? Anyone? Who me, wants to take I think. That? I think starting. You're gonna. You're gonna have to have McNulty starting 100. Um, percent I thought he started the game really well on Tuesday against. Would Mark, you not be tempted to um, put Grigg in, knowing that it's a bit of a, it's a new look defence for Bolton, and you know. This could be the perfect opportunity for him to finally, like, properly get off the mark. Yeah, I, I wouldn't be averse to it, but I think like you got to. I think my only start of the game but well against Rotherham. I think he has to be rewarded with another start against Bolton, a defence who, if I was him, I'd think, yeah, you know, I can get a goal against these. But equally, you're right. Grig needs minutes. He needs goals. He needs the chance to prove himself. Either or, or maybe we could even try and get get them both in there somewhere. I, 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 you know, I, I don't know, but I think I think obviously McGeady's going to play. Um, McGeek, as as we said earlier, probably won't play. Uh, I don't know whether we need to play Ledbetter. I'd be happy with Power playing. To be honest, I think uh, I think a, a sitting centre mid against a team we're expected to beat comfortably, maybe slightly redundant if we play McGeek or Ledbetter. So I'd be happy with Dobson and Power, um, and then I think the same at the back. 
Although, if Conor McLaughlin can play better, that would be, that'd be great. <laughs> I'd, I'd be very surprised if uh, if 9 isn't moved back to, to right-back. Um, I think I think it showed on Tuesday night the fact that his best two opportunities of the evening came when he was at right-back and rather than in the middle of the park. And I know that a lot of people think that um, he's not a right back. I actually think he is better at right back than he is in the in the midfield. Don't get me wrong; he's got loads of energy, but he's just not clinical enough. And for me, he doesn't read the game well enough to, to sit in that middle of the park. Um, Dobson, on the other hand, I, I I can't praise that enough for the first sort of 30, 35 minutes. He went off the boil. I think everyone went off the boil, to be honest with you. Um, but I would I'd like Jim to. I'd love to see Power and Dobson in the midfield just to see what what that sort of serves up for us. Are we expecting much from Bolton? I mean, Jim, you mentioned um, like before before we started this that they've got some. The back. Yeah, they've got a couple of decent players. That Valinden scored a good goal. Ironically, I think it was the first goal in that game. They ended up losing six one, but it was a very good goal. He's pretty quick. He's going to cause problems to to slow uh, fullbacks. So it's a good job we don't have any of them. Um, Conor McLaughlin. But uh, other than that, uh, Jake Wright's a good centre back. Uh, I think they've got uh, Darren Murphy's injured. And uh, Liam Bricker obviously is clearly going to play like he did at St James's Park all those years ago <laughs> uh, for the second time in his career. So we've got that to look forward to. Although hopefully uh, Max Power might have something to say about that with a bit of luck. And uh, who's going? Which one of you are going? Um, I think we're all I think going. We're all going. We're all going. Yeah. We're all going. Yeah. Apart from me, who's at a wedding in Essex. Uh, oh, yeah. Enjoy. <laughs> Do you have any particular fond? Me- You've been to Bolton before. Yeah. Yes. Any particularly fond memories? Craig Gardner's free kick. FA Cup. Uh, third round, first leg, uh, to bring it back from two 0 I think it was it was either one 0 down to one all or two 0 down to two all. He absolutely rifled it in the top corner, uh, and it was amazing. I haven't actually been to a game there, but I used to work about two, 200, 300 yards away from the ground. You lucky boy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and um, and that was for a job that I absolutely despised. Okay. Um, so I used to walk through the car park of the ground to and from work usually through high winds uh, yeah and so I've got a lot of very negative connotations about that ground so I've always vowed to return one day and have some sort of positive experience there so um, please don't mess up lads I need, I need my redemption uh, well John Stead once told me to fuck off there when I was uh, 16 when I was 16 years old what did you do? Uh, <laughs> is it not podcast worthy or? I said to his uh, I don't know, I was a night, I was a stupid, you know, bratty 16-year-old who said um, he wasn't playing in this game. We got beat 2-0 and he wasn't playing in this game. And for some reason, someone behind me said, why weren't you playing today, John? And, I, um, and he said, oh, I don't know. And me, for some reason, came out with, oh, well, you wouldn't have made a difference anyway. Oh, and he uh, he told me to uh, politely do one. So. You might have had that coming to me. Yeah, you were 100% right in what you said. I know. I was. He actually says something very similar to me in Tiger Tiger in Newcastle. So maybe it's it's becoming a bit of a catch for <laughs> Actually, one quick John said anecdote as well. Um, my, my, my brother said he, want, he once met him out um, on a night out. Is and, again, is this podcast worth? Yes. <laughs> oh, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. We're not going to get in sued, are um, in, in, in a bar, and he maybe even Tiger Tiger and. Uh, he, um, John said's mate said to, said to my brother, uh, "Do you not know who that is?" And my brother's like, "Yes, yeah, it's, it's John Stead." And he was like, "Do you want a photo?" And he was like, "Nah." So, <laughs> <You're all right>. <laughs> <laughs> well, 
from John Stead trying to get photos with people to Sunderland being the richest club in England. No, second richest club in England. So all the chatter on Wayside during the week, it all got very excited when a company named FPP Sunderland Limited was listed on company houses with the people Glenn Robert Furman, John Phelan and Robert Plater. I assume they're the Dell vehicle. Is this where we parachute Weatherspoon in, is it? Or are we going to we have to talk about parachute? Oh, well. No, no. no. <laughs> finance, finance free. <laughs> but since we are going to be the second richest club in the UK, what do you want to... What's the first thing you want us to buy? And I'll start with Jim. First thing I want us to buy would be uh, a ride back, please, in January. Because kind of the bottom's not very good. Please. (laughs) Right. Uh, Do you remember those plastic plants that we used to move around the office to the tune of a grand a month? Mm. I'd immediately (laughs) reinstate them. (laughs) Yeah. 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 That was better. (laughs) I just think making the the ground... I know know they've, they've, they've tried, but I think making the ground just a bit more... Friendly. I think I know that the um, there was a bit in the echo. I think earlier on today talking about what they did with a, a baseball team in Miami, or not necessarily them, because I think they only had a seven percent share in it or something like that. But what that what that baseball team did, and they they essentially made it a bit more of a fan friendly place, so reduced the the ticket prices. Although I must say that Sunderland isn't necessarily overpriced, um, but reduced the price of beer. Um, and I think if they are wanting to. I know Donald uh, Stuart Donald sorry said um, when he first took over he wants to create this this place where fans come to the ground before the match rather than the town and I think if if they are wanting to do that I think they just need to look at the, at the price difference I mean you can go into any, and yeah any any sort of establishment in in town and, and get a very reasonable pint um, whereas when you come to the ground you, you're paying over four pound for a bottle for a bottle four quid for a chicken burger I think it is in the, in the chicken burger it's yeah. been there for about three weeks as well so yeah so I, yeah I think I think just sort of um, sort of User, user experience more than anything else. Yeah, free booze and food. Okay, that's a very sensible uh, answer compared to my North Sea cannon that I've yes. got. Um, essentially, set up a cannon on on the banks of the on Roca Beach, where whenever a manager gets sacked or a player that's out of contract and won't leave, we fire over to Scandinavia or one of those oil rigs. Yeah, Charlie White. <laughs> oh. Take the other account. <laughs> Or bearing, uh, if not that, a monorail. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, uh, right. Predictions. I think Sunderland will win 4-0. I don't think we're going to score as many goals as that, but I do think we're going to get our first clean sheet of the season because Bolton are struggling for goals. I'm going to go 2-0. Yeah, law of averages says we'll do a clean sheet, we'll get one, we'll win 3-0. I'm sticking to our tried and tested formula of 3-1. That's pretty much it for us. There'll be a reaction show after the Bolton game with uh, Rory, Matthew and possibly Gareth. And on Monday, the regular show, Gareth and Stephen will be back. Uh, Thanks for listening.
It's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50% to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. 